It's time to wrap our tentacles around the worlds of entertainment and give it a good squeeze. This is the Squidfellas Podcast. Welcome huh? back, folks. Huh? To the Squidfellas. We got the man who can only say, huh? Huh? Here. My hair. Huh? We got our local alcoholic. What? Andy, who can only say what? Then you have me, Chris, who can say who and only who. What? Huh? Who? What? Who? What? All right. Your local drunk here, Andrew. I'm going who? to... A- Andrew. Who? Huh? What? Who? <laughs> I am going to be reviewing the 2007 hit film blockbuster. Uh, what's what? cracking? What called this? Next. Next. Starring Nicolas Cage and, uh, Cage. <laughs> and Jessica Biel. Alongside them, Julianne Morris, for some reason in this movie. It's really, really terrible. Unbelievably bad. It's one of the cringiest movies I've seen in a long, long time. Apparently, everyone in this movie... Well, not everyone, but Jessica Biel finds Nicolas Cage incredibly endearing and attractive in this movie. But it's old Nicolas Cage. It's 2007 Nicolas Cage. So he's got (laughs) most likely hair plugs, which come from the butt. Do they? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I heard that once, so I'm running with it for the rest of my life. Hot. All right. So... Me gusta. Nicolas Cage in this movie plays this guy named... Uh, Chris, who is just an aloof. Oh, Chris spelled with, with C R I S. C-R-I-S. Oh God! Which, uh. if your name, if your name is Chris and it's spelled C R I S, and you're listening, go fuck you probably kill yourself. You <laughs> most likely have a vagina. Yes, <laughs> unless you're Nick Cage. <laughs> so he's this on the run supposed terrorist with a hitman on his tail. That's like kind of killing girls in his waking path for no reason. Okay. And trying to shoot Nicolas Cage in the process. So he's like, kill a girl, assassinate Nicolas Cage. Kill a girl, try to assassinate Nicolas Cage. Is it three three girls to one grown man? It's like two girls, one man. Okay. I can respect that. It's, uh, so this sniper is trying to get Nicolas Cage, but he cannot seem to get a good shot because Nicolas Cage can see into the future a little bit. How far into the future? Oh, jeez, man. We will get to that at the literal end of the movie. Oh, that's rough. Which is really fun. How far how that works into the out. future. So he meets Jessica Biel at a diner randomly. He's just kind of hitchhiking. Jessica Biel's in there, and they decide to have breakfast together for no reason because that's just what happens with incredibly gorgeous girls and Nicolas Cage. Of course. Uh huh. And he explains they try to, to her. pick her up. He, like, hey, got, he his car is broken. I ordered a roast beef sandwich, but like, you just walked in. I gotta go to Pennsylvania, oh. and she was like, "Well, I'm kind of heading that way. You're not a psycho, are you?" And then he does like a little undersmile. And doesn't doesn't say. No. Then the uh, fake taxi pulls up. <laughs> the fake taxi. Oh yeah. So. He burps in her face and she falls in love. 
She dri- she's driving him to Pennsylvania for no reason. Okay. Where's the Grand Lo- Where's the Grand Canyon located? It's in Arizona. Arizona. How far away is that from Pennsylvania? A pretty long way. Okay. So she has like a shaman sanctuary uh-huh. that's located on the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and they show up there. I kind of didn't put that together. I didn't realize how far away Grand Canyon was from Pennsylvania. Yeah, far away. Um, quite, quite a ways. According to the movie, very close. <laughs> yeah, sure. Very <laughs> close together. Couple nice. hours drive, take a ah. piss in a bush on the road. <laughs> so she shows him the shaman sanctuary, and he starts, there's kids and goats Animals and blah blah, and this random this random strange man starts performing magic tricks for the kids. Okay. And uh, shoot forward about two minutes. Nicholas Cage and Jessica Biel are walking on a little hiking path for no reason, and she's like, "Where'd you learn all those magic tricks?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, I had a I had a magic show." In Vegas, yeah, Frank Cadillac's magic show, and she's like, huh, "I thought your name was Chris." And he was like, "Well, it is Frank Cadillac's my stage name." Jeez, uh, <laughs> it's out of control. Bad. Wait, wait. And she's like, "Frank Cadillac, cool name. How did you come up with that?" And he goes, "Well, you know, I just took my two favorite things and I and I and I, and I put them together in a name." Frankenstein and Cadillacs. Yeah. <laughs> and she laughs. Kill yourself. And thinks it's really, really oh cool. Oh my god. That's the reason why we don't see a lot of Castrate yourself. Yeah. And right before they leave the Grand Canyon for their 20 minute long trip to Pennsylvania, Jessica Beale has to take a shower now. Mm. On the car ride BLG? home? No, they're, they're before, before they, they leave. leave. What? But Nicholas Cage. So Nicholas Cage is sitting right outside of the bathroom at a kitchen table, and she gets out of the shower, glistening. Obviously, did not dry herself at all. Of course. With the towel. How else is she gonna seduce? That's how she does it. And he just stares at her. And she's like, "What?" (laughs) (laughs) And the whole time she she's doing this, he's like fashioning a napkin into a rose. Ew, how romantic. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, what a Did he wipe his ass with it no, first? No, he didn't do that. But she's like, what? And he's like, oh, you're beautiful. Uh-uh. And then snaps his finger and the napkin rose catches on fire and turns into a real rose. And then he gives it to her. And then, okay. and then they kiss. And now, well, now he's, he's driving fire. her car. Oh. And she's in the passenger seat because Women why not drive. go to Pennsylvania with a weird guy? Yeah, sure. Did I forget to mention that the whole time this is happening, FBI agent Julianne Moore is chasing him because he has something to do with a nuke that's going to go off in uh, Vegas? Kill. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know why she was chasing him for this nuke. I have no idea whatsoever. Did they ever explain it? I'm sure they might gloss over it, but I'm I'm pretty sure that they're chasing the guy that's trying to shoot Nicolas Cage with a sniper rifle that's killing hot girls 
I'm very confused. So what's the actual driving plot of the movie? Nuclear bomb and Nicolas Cage can see in the future and possibly could make it not happen. Okay, so he's got to defuse the bomb. Easy peasy, squeezy. Probably does it. Hopefully. So here's the thing. Towards the end of the movie, we're just going to skip ahead. Because the entire thing is so nonsensical and cringeworthy. Oh, after he makes the rose light on fire, the napkin rose. And they go in the drive. He goes like, do you want to hear a joke? Yeah. Jessica Biel. You she's calm like, stain. Yeah, please. And he goes, what did, the, what did the Zen master order at the hot dog joint? Oh, my God. And she God. goes, what? And he goes, one with everything. Yeah. Literally, you're female now. I wanted to kill myself. This movie, this movie. uh, I'd rather get kicked in the balls than watch this again. I'll kick you in the balls. That can be arranged. I don't have to watch it again if I was forced (laughs) between a choice. But okay, let's skip to the end of the movie. Skip to the end. So, tensions are high. Well, duh, nuclear bomb. Yeah, and they know where it is, so they find it, and while they're right next to it, it fucking just goes off, and everybody dies. Oh, Liz dies, dies and nothing matters? Liz dies. Oh, there's also a fucking Stanley Kubrick reference in this movie. There's, like, a torture scene where they make Nicolas Cage watch the news with his eyes pinned open with an apparatus much like a clockwork orange. And they're like, watch the news and just like look forward in time, but in the TV. We want you to see what the TV does so we could find the nuke. And that's how they find out where the nuke is. Nice. So. But it doesn't matter if it's too late. It all goes off. Everybody dies. And then when everybody dies, Nicolas Cage wakes up next to Jessica Biel. (laughs) It was all a vision. At, so, at the very least... So it was all just a dream of some crazy dude about it with him and his wife? It was all a vision. Him and his wife? He doesn't Jessica have a Biel's wife. Jessica wife? No, Jessica he Biel saw... Jessica was never his wife. He Jessica saw, was a random listen, girl buddy, that he met in a diner. He oh, saw okay. so far into the future during his dream that that's what they played the whole other half of the movie as. Okay. And then he wakes up at the end where you think the world is go boom boom. And now he has now time to stop the nuke. That's dumb. Yeah. yeah, well, but all he does is, like, send Liz away. Oh, that's nice. That's helpful. I'm pretty sure the nuke still goes off. Well, if they didn't continue the movie to show you that, then you can't be pretty sure of that. They didn't continue the movie after that. Yeah, well, exactly. So you just got to assume that the reason he sent her away is so that he could go defuse his bomb and then explode all over her chest when he finds her again. It would have been much more corny if they had had him just diffuse it the first time around after a measly little yeah, future site. It would have been better if they all died. It certainly. <laughs> it would have been really cool. I wish they all died. It would have been a very when satisfactory When they all died, ending. I was just like, that was unexpected. They actually took a real turn here. Yeah. Should have stopped it's the movie false. there. Yeah. Should have done Anybody that. you show that movie, stop the movie there. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dude, I'm a, I, love, I love the cringe. The acting is horrible in this movie. Julia and Moore is awful in this movie. There's a point in the movie where uh, they have fo- video footage of Nicolas Cage and Jessica Biel in their car, and she's like, what was that on there? 
No, back up. Back up. Back. Back. Now zoom. Zoom. No, there. Zoom. 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 <laughs> no, there. Yeah. Zoom. And they zoom in on like a fucking beach sticker on the windshield because they don't have a front plate. Other times in this movie, there is a front plate on the car. Ah! <laughs> it's so bad. It's un- unreasonably bad. Uh, I'm really happy with how well it did in the box office, too. It was a $78 million budget to film this movie. And it couldn't have done in the well. U.S., it grossed $18 million. So nice. it was a $60 million loss. Nice. And surprisingly, they canceled the sequel. <laughs> oh, sure. There was going to be one. Uh, there's always a sequel. I mean, they made a sequel to National Treasure. Is there a Happy Feet 2? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's a Frozen 2. I'm a foot guy. So. But those are, those, are, those are Disney movies. Yeah, you but can't everyone does it, credit though. that. Yeah. I mean, Shrek made like five sequels. But Shrek, man, everybody loves Shrek. Even if they just decreasingly, increasingly got worse after the first one, they're still Shrek movies. You know, they still have that. My favorite Shrek. Memeing movie. on Disney feel. Yeah, true. I think they, fa- they became till they became Disney. <laughs> Listen, man, when a donkey fucked a dragon, that's all I needed to know. Hell yeah, dude! I was progressive, like, very progressive. Yeah, My expose favorite. you to that furry shit early on, so that you don't fall victim to it when you're 14. Yeah. I'm not Mommy, sure who I'm not sure who got more ass, the dragon Mommy, or the can donkey. I wear a tail? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shock therapy for you, Mike Pence incoming. <laughs> My favorite Shrek movie is still the one that makes you come in five seconds that I saw on a Pornhub ad. Nice. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you rate next? So I enjoyed it kind of because it was so insanely cringy. We love those. Oh, I love the cringe. It makes me it makes me balls happy. Okay, so on as far as a cringe fit, let's rate you two two ratings. How would you rate the actual movie, and then how would you rate like its cringe fest? Factor? So the actual movie, I would rate it probably like a point, like a the least I can. Like zero. Point, point, I guess zero. <laughs> no, probably not. Well, you still yeah. want to give yeah. it credit? I would give it zero. I don't want to give it credit. It's okay. so bad. I don't recommend anyone fucking suffer through this. It's tragic. It's so bad. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen now, it. What about a cringe rating? Cringe rating, I would probably give it like a three. <laughs> okay, it's not even like that that cringy. It's just a little Well, bit like, cringy. no. Do you mean like... I mean like as far as like, I guess... Yeah, just you're gonna watch it for the cringe factor. You give it a. Three. If you're watching it for the cringe factor, it's probably like five and a half tentacles. <laughs> All right, there so you very go. Very cringy. If you want to watch something very cringy, every single scene will piss you off. <laughs> nice. Who? Huh? Who? 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 What? Who? 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 What? 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 Case you don't understand. That was... I will translate for you. My name is Chris, and I will be reviewing a cell phone game called Phone Destroyer. It is a South Park-themed cell phone game. So, it is a collectible card strategy game. And it's a freemium game. Raid Shadow Legends. I've seen all the Rage... I've seen all the Rage Shadow Legends ads, because that's part of how you can get free stuff. So, the way it works is... Blue Chew. No. I don't even know what that is. 
It's a chewable form of Viagra. They use the same ingredients, but it's an over-the-counter drug that you can get. Okay. <laughs> well, some of that used a lot of that. <laughs> I just use <laughs> suppositories. I'm pretty sure they're all suppositories. I don't know. That's hot. Your ass uh, chews it? <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, the way the game works is there's two modes. There's the story mode and the PvP mode. And the way it works is you have energy, and you use energy to play cards... And when you play a card, you play it onto the battlefield, and then it moves across the battlefield until it fights someone or it dies. And each cards have various abilities and stuff that I'll go into, but that's the basic gist of it, is they move across the battlefield and they'll fight whatever gets in their way. Uh, and it costs various amounts of energy to play different cards, and there's a nice wide variety of cards. So... There's neutral cards that just kind of do a little bit of everything. And they're just kind of generic, not one-off South Park characters, but very, very minor characters. Like the mayor, or the goth kids, or um, Officer Bar Brady. Like characters that really aren't very prominent in the show. I feel like most of the characters in that show are minor characters. Minors. Most of them are minors. (laughs) (laughs) They get a lot of black lung in it. All right. Then there are five other sets. Uh, these sets all consist of various, more mainstream, well-known characters in South Park. So there's the adventure set, which is basically cowboys, pirates, and Native Americans. And they focus on... You mean Indians. Yeah. They focus on damage dealing <laughs> and buffing damage attacks. That's basically their shtick. Mm. You have the sci-fi realm, which is basically freezing opponents and poisoning them and stuff like that mind controlling them you have the anal probes anal probes i don't have an anal probe card which really annoys me because they do have an anal probe they use in the show we oh. like the anal probes. <laughs> so i don't know why it's not in the game they have the mystical which is basically the religious card set they focus mostly on healing and boosting your energy or I'm sapping christian. your opponent's energy they have like christian cards they have uh, all the other religious cards they get you know not is there Islamic a, Ma- is there a Muhammad they, card? No. But there's a Jesus card. Jesus. There's like guys, there's characters dressed as Zeus and Poseidon in it. Stuff like that. It's pretty cute. Then there's the fantasy cards, which focus almost exclusively on buffing and debuffing cards. Uh, there's like elves and knights and other general fantasy stuffs. Then there's a the superhero set of cards, which focus on a combination of traps creating immunity and kind of pushing people around on the battlefield that's kind of their big shtick and so there's a lot of different stuff you can do there's a story mode that has 60 missions in it uh, that increase in difficulty as you go along obviously Uh, and then there's the main thing that people go for which is the pvp which is where you fight another person who has a similar win-loss record to you in a match Uh, and if you win you get to go to a locker room, you get to open up three out of ten lockers, and you get to take the loot from those. And, yeah, there's premium loot in some of them, and if you want to use more premium loot, you got to either watch a video or spend the premium currency to unlock more lockers. Okay. So, the big part about the game is collecting all the different cards. And there's, like, legendary cards and regular cards and rare cards and epic cards, and they all do various things. Epic. Yeah, they're epic, bro. Epic card. Epic. Yeah, that's when you get them, when you 
get them because you buy packs from Cartman, you get a legendary card. They'll be like, wow, freaking legendary? That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Cartman. Uh, So you get a lot of, like, those little South Park goofs where they will, like, you know, throw little jokes and stuff in there in the game. Yeah, you collect various cards across various things, and you build decks. They can only have two themes, so you can build, like, an adventure and a sci-fi deck, but then you can't have any fantasy cards in it. Neutral cards can be played with anybody, but that's kind of the way they limit it. So you can't just throw all the best cards from all the decks together and yeah. just like run people. Yeah, a lot there of are, a lot of different games yeah, do that type there of stuff. Are, so that's kind of their big limiting factor in terms of how uh, you can actually play the game. And the the way they really make money is through the card collecting process because as being a freemium game, they got to make money somehow. And the way they make money is through ranking up cards. Grand look, Theft Auto Shark Card? I don't know what that is. Ooh, never mind. Okay. So the way you rank up a card is once you get your first copy, you see how many more copies you need. So like, let's say you get an epic card. You get Stan the Program is an epic uh, sci-fi card. When you get your first copy, you see you need a total of three copies, and then you can level up the card. But you also need to rank up the card within that level five times and that costs different types of resources basically there's a coin resource which you earn in game that's kind of your generic in-game currency and then each set has three specific types of like stuff that they use for upgrades so for sci-fi it's computer chips sticky hands and then little robot guys and in order to level up the card you have to invest all that kind of stuff to rank up the card you also have enough copies of the card, and then you can hit level two, and then you have to do it all over again to keep moving the card further and further up. And that's the only way to compete, basically, as the game goes along in PvP matches, is to have more ranked up better cards, and that's how they make the money, is you can speed up that process by just putting money into the game. Right. Buying high-end packs that have a bunch of legendary cards and epic cards and all this other resources you need to rank up cards. But takes money to make money. They are far more generous than any other freemium game I've ever played with doling out free stuff for people. If mm. you put the time in, you get a free pack every four hours. It stacks up to three. You can earn a PvP pack every four hours <laughs> again. You then have to play a bunch, several PvP matches to get it. And the PvP packs get better and better as you win more matches and move up the PvP ranking system. There's also events, like, every week, there's at least two or three different, like, two, three-day events that they do where you can get premium cards and packs and stuff, and you don't need to spend, like, 17 hours a day playing it to do it. You can spend, like, an hour or two if you're on the, you know, when you're in the bathroom, just chilling when they have a little bit of downtime, just, you know, waiting for something, killing time. There's a nice kind of, like, little variety of stuff that you can do in the game. Once you get a high enough level, you can join a team. You can then play in like team wars on the weekend. And then depending how your team does, you get a reward pack there that can give you a bunch of different stuff that you need. And they even will give you like little dollops of dollars, which are the premium currency in the game. And you can actually save up enough of that to buy various stuff you want if you're determined enough. And you just keep scrimping and saving every time you get them. So Hmm. unlike most premium games, they give you a lot of stuff and you can earn a lot of stuff through just playing the game a decent amount. If you really want to get great, you probably got to spend money and play it obsessively. But if you just want to play for fun, you can have fun. 
and you'll get enough rewards to kind of keep going and playing the game. I find it it's a fun kind of cell phone game to kind of play around because you get the cool little South Park stuff. Like all the cards are really well drawn and look really cool, and then the kids look like they're kids who dressed up to play a game. Like yeah, the, like the night like, Ike, uh... like the night Ike card looks like when he in the card looks like a gallant knight riding in a glorious steed. And then when you play it, it's Ike with a helmet that's too big for him riding one of those little toy horses that kids have that don't have any legs. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Like little it's like a stuff bunch like of kids that. dressing up for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, basically. He has that vibe to it. Neat. Uh, like Stan has a Poseidon card and like the picture looks really epic. And he's standing there, there's a big wave in the background, then you play it and he's just in a toga and he's got like a little pit he's got a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> just like little goofy stuff like that that's just fun and interactive. There are tactics that you can use if you get the right cards. So it's not just like mindlessly having a level up. And there is some actual in-battle strategy because it is a battlefield where stuff moves around. I've won and lost battles by having my guys on the opponent's side of the field and then they drop fast, high-damaging card on the other side. It runs down and it kills me. And vice versa. So there is some strategy to it. There's also, like, a bunch of other stuff. There's, like, tank cards and assassin cards and ranged cards and warrior cards. And there's a bunch of different abilities. Some cards charge up and then they do a damaging ability. Some cards have abilities when they die that trigger. Some cards have abilities that trigger when you play them. Some cards have abilities that trigger when they get damaged. There's just a nice wide variety of stuff that happens. And with any freemium game, there's some cards that are just kind of broken and better than everybody else. And those are all the legendary cards. Here, um, that's yeah, the way the cock crambles. The way they got to make money somehow. Like I've played this game a decent amount. I've maybe only spent five, maybe ten dollars tops, actually buying like premium currency. For the most part, if I've ever used premium <clears throat> currency, it's stuff that I've earned in the game, pretty much. They're just kind of playing it around. Occasionally, I've spent a little bit of money. They did like a battle pass thing, and I was able to buy the premium track of the battle pass just with the saved up currency I had. So they, they are pretty generous. I would give the game probably about four, four and a half tentacles just because the upgrading can get kind of frustrating at times because you do need resources to do it and they can get drained pretty quickly and that can get kind of annoying. And it is a cell phone game. There are limits to it. It is a freemium game. There is stuff like you do something, you got to wait eight hours to do it again. You know, there's yeah. some of that kind of annoying stuff in there, so it's not a perfect ideal game, but it's a fun little freemium game that you don't really have to spend any money on to enjoy. And if you like the South Park kind of jokey sense of humor, then I think you'll like it because they did include that in making the game as well. You're not gonna talk about the uh, the what the emos. You want me to talk about the emos? You would like to. Okay, so one of the strategies in this game is the emo kids. So if anyone who knows South Park, there's four emo kids. I don't know any of their names. But basically... Emo kid one? Yeah. Emo kid no, two? No, I just described them because they do look different. <laughs> so they work in tandem. They're one of the strategies. So there's fat emo girl. And her card ability is anytime an emo kid dies, she loses some of her health and she brings back said emo kid. <laughs> then there's uh, the little tiny emo kid and his ability is when he dies he gives a damage buff to all emo kids on the battlefield <laughs> then there's the tall lanky emo kid thing is you're immune to all abilities like if someone tries to poison you or freeze you it doesn't work 
then the emo kid with the bangs over his face is always whipping him out of the way. That's literally part of his attack. Is he whips the hair out of his way and then he throws the thing. That's cool. Is that that's his thing? Is that all emo kids regenerate health every time they attack? So they work together to basically keep sustaining up themselves and continue, you know, supporting each other. So that's a strategy. If you get all four of those cards, you can kind of play them out in a battlefield and you can kind of keep infinitely sustaining and buffing. And if the opponent doesn't know what to do, you know, you can kind of run them over pretty quickly or at least get a big advantage on them. Because even if they know what to do, they might not have the right card to do it. Because you can't control where your cards attack right away. And yeah. That's the emo kid strategy, folks. If you ever decide to play the game. Okay, howdy, Who? folks, and creatures, denizens, penis heads, Virginias, and four-armed green alien men with no pubis. It is Maher, and I am talking to you today about a game called. The Outer Worlds. Nah. The Outer um, Worlds. This game's been out for a while now. It's. I gave it some time to, to fester, and, and continue to grow, as in, like the general public's reception of it and opinion. And from release to now, it's shaped out to be a pretty cool game. So the Outer Worlds, is. Basically, if you've ever played any of the Fallout games, it is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi Fallout. Not okay. to say that Fallout wasn't already a little sci-fi with all the mutated creatures, but I'm talking like year 2285, spacecraft, traveling to different galaxies, and... Oh, different. Oh, you get to travel? You get to planet hop? Yeah, you can planet hop in this game and galaxy exploring hop? different no, not galaxy hop. Exploring different planets and their biomes and many creatures, also settlements. Because in the year 2285 in this alternate timeline of that actually they went a little in depth into. They don't tell you this at when you start the game, it's kind of hidden in the lore of the game that they actually altered U.S. history and had Theodore Roosevelt never succeed as a president, and then that changes the the future of the game. So now you're playing in this this alternate future, alternate American history. Seems like a common, where, kind of oddly specific hit at Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, hey, well, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. It's Anyways, one, this is the one where the Nazis are won the war. Is that the shtick? Pretty sure, yeah, I believe so. Sort of, kind of. So basically, this man, Phineas Wells, is a crazy mad scientist. He's a genius, and he hates the way the world has become because in this new colonization of the Halcyon galaxy, the businesses, the huge mega million, million dollar companies are really really idiotic and they don't know how to manage a whole population of human beings properly so it's just consistently deteriorating to the point where 
they have these humans basically in indentured servitude in factories where they're just making cans of salted tuna all day long. It's called salt tuna. Mm. And they're getting sick and dying, and they're barely managing to survive on these planets because all of the terraforming attempts have been half-assed and, and tiny-dicked. And so right. he frees a random homie from cryosleep to help him do this master plan to get at the government and stop the way that they're doing things. And that person happens to be you. And um, you are whatever you name yourself. You you go into the character creation and you get yourself all prettied up. The character creation in this game is actually surprisingly intricate. There's no genitalia extension or reduction. Oh, man. None of that garbage. I feel like that's fine. None of those oh, stupid shits. So I would always, I would always... penis. Yeah. Yeah. None like of the such. Exactly. None of the such. But there Minus is 44 inches. all of the facial reconstruction sliders that you could ever want if you were going for like a specifically weird looking character. Okay, so you basically look very unique. Yeah, you can do all that fun jazz that... Can you give yourself, like, Down Syndrome? I mean, that's probably just a preset. Nice. <laughs> most games have... I think have, it always is a preset. Most games have a default face that just looks fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah. And there's no way around it. Just like it. real life. There's yeah. no way around it. But, yeah, you do your character creation, fancy schmancy, you name yourself, and boom. You oh. are... Boom. immediately propositioned by Whoa. Phineas Wells to land on the surface of a planet and help him with his end goal, which is inevitably to overthrow the contish million-dollar huge businessman government, super authoritative and tyrannical, stupid and idiotic, don't know what they're doing with humanity, they just want to make money overthrow them and to do that he wants to shoot you down onto the planet to be received by one of his greatest allies captain hawthorne who flies this ship called the unreliable <laughs> and kind of ship. when you're sent down in the escape pod he fails to tell captain hawthorne to move out of the way you crush him and kill him and he goes splat so uh, fun kind this of. This guy sounds very yeah. competent. He's very competent. He's a mad scientist. He's certainly not very sane. And so he crushes his best friend and partner in crime. And you then have to impersonate Captain Hawthorne, and you become the captain of the Unreliable. Huh. No one notices that you're not. Well, okay. So the the AI on the ship. It's got, like, personality and feelings and emotions. The AI's... Her name is Ada. And she's essentially a failing AI that they never decided to reboot or, like, wipe and reinstall. So now she has all these, like, hectic emotions. And she basically knows Captain Hawthorne is dead. But she's like, I'm going to call you Captain Hawthorne. You're the new captain of this ship. Good evening, Captain Hawthorne. And then she'll, like, silently sob. That it's like... <laughs> so sad. Yeah, and so you impersonate Captain Hawthorne, and you get a bunch of dialogue options when you're talking to her. You can be an asshole. This is a lot of uh, your choices matter, and your a lot of important conversations in this game. It plays like a Fallout game, like... 
the way you speak to people can open new corners of the game to you and, and new opportunities that you might have not otherwise found charisma baby yeah that's what i spec and do so when you make your character you get all those stat choices and how you want to start out uh, what your specializations want to be of course you can change at any time but what you specialize in when you start is the most is what you get the biggest boost in yeah I went all speech skills because I figured it would be a lot of fun because the characters in this game actually have pretty wonderful dialogue. They all have cool voices and weird personalities and they talk like actual humans. They're not like Preston Garvey from fucking Fallout 4. Oh, good day, mate. Uh, skeet, skeet upon the shadow of the neighbors. I don't know. But anyways. Fallout 4 did not do their dialogue any justice. No. And so in this game, everybody's all peppy and weirdo. And uh, the style of the game is they kind of mixed like a 70s, 80s diner, neon lights and neon I signs with uh, all the chrome and, and curvy architecture of space, space flight. So it, it's actually really, really charming to interact with people in this game because they're all like weird like goobers. mechanics and goobers and yeah. and fishermen and they all got a lot of personality to them when you yes. talk to them the first companion you ever recruit her name is Parvati and she's this like Indian woman mechanic at first there's only six followers available in this game because they're all very unique and come with their own perks and skill trees and and whatnot uh, but at first most m- men most super straight men oh no um would be like oh shit parvati's kind of cute i want to romance her well too bad because she's a fucking lesbian Uh, (laughs) aka a sinner it's super tragic she's super tragic one of the most charming and fun characters to have in your party um, you can have up to two followers, but you literally, you think you think she's about to get all hot and heavy with you on this side quest uh, that you have to do for her to progress her story, but it's actually her confession that she's in love with this other mechanic lady that you met on a, a floating ship called the Groundbreaker. Damn it! Uh, and then they fall in love and correspond in like poetry, and it's fucking cringy, and you're like, God damn it! This whole time. Should have blown up that relationship. You could. I could have actually. During the mission, you get the opportunity to go and talk down Parvati because she gets super nervous about corresponding with this woman. Uh, So you go and you you take her to the. Probably a bitch. uh, You take her to the bar, and there were like three options. It was. I could have I could have had her like chug a whole bottle of wine or like just have a beer and then hydrate and I was like ah I'm kind of salty about this lesbian thing but I feel like if I ruin it that doesn't necessarily mean I get to put my penis in her. No, probably so, not. Yeah. I just let the relationship persist and I got a bunch of rewards for that and it progressed a little bit of her story and she got it affects their mood, too. Like, they can approve and disapprove of your actions. Okay. kind of feels more like... Cyberpunk? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. You can't uh, even mass, compare. Like a Mass effect kind of thing, in a way. Yeah, right. Except it's not in a sense that it's more focused on the dialogue and the okay. character development. 
Mass Effect is big on on flashy combat and synergy and, and explosions and all that jasmo traz and flasma quaz. No way. But in this game, you just there's a ton of admiration. There's a ton of looting, taking your time in places and speaking to people because that's how you get more side quests and it's less annoying than I would say in other in other games like this because. It's not as blatant as there's a dude standing in a corner who looks obviously different from everybody else. He's a special Who NPC. is special NPC. You'll be walking through the middle of a city with like coal tar and smog all over the place. And the Saltuna factory is, is run in and there's workers everywhere. And there'll be some mother who just comes out of her house running, like, oh, my son, my son, his fucking penis got bitten off by a raptodon. Oh, no, not the penis. Again. Yeah, and you'll have to go, you know, you go over, you can talk to her, you can just fucking ignore her. Just walk on by, don't matter. You shoot her in the face if you want to, doesn't matter. And, yeah, it, it, Love shooting you can interact with them, you figure out what their problem is, and then eventually... You know, if your charisma is high enough, maybe you can get a couple extra coins out of them. Maybe they send you on a mission where they say, oh, there's some highly sensitive data in a computer in this uh, lab, this secret lab. You go there, you read it for yourself before you decide to wipe it off the computer, and then you can actually choose what you do with the side mission. There's been a lot, a lot of side missions. Actually, the vast majority of side missions where you can absurdly edit the outcome. There was one where um, a science facility got infiltrated by a bunch of raptodons, which are these quadruped raptor dogs, and they're obviously, obviously, yeah, they're obviously carnivorous. By God, so. And they infiltrated the science facility because they were doing experiments on a brood mother, which is the one that goes and spews out all the babies from her pussy hole. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing experiments on the brood mother to try and develop an anti-raptodon pistol. Okay. And essentially, the guy in charge of the lab is like, why should I tell you anything? Fuck you, you're some random stranger. We have this under wraps, but clearly there's literally blood all over the place. People yeah. are dying. Yeah. People are trapped and separated from each other. Painfully obviously um, fucked up. And so then he, you talk him down for a bit, and then he goes and sends you off to a lab somewhere, a secret lab where you're supposed to recover his assistant who ends up being mauled to death. Oh, boy. And then find a band of marauders that's going to steal the highly sensitive information and blueprints and all the fun jazz and, and, and kill them and then bring it back. But when you get in the facility, there's multiple things you can do in there. You can actually, like, gas the brood mother and put her to sleep so that some other guy can save her for his experiments later on. Because <laughs> that um, went so well the first time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because they don't want to lose so much progress. And you, the reason they're literally doing all of this, their motive, is they're developing toothpaste that prevents cavities infinitely. Just, that's it. Toothpaste. It's worth it. Toothpaste is important. And so you find the so lady... So you brush your teeth one time and then you don't have to do it ever again? No, I think it's just an extremely effective toothpaste. Ah, uh, right. That might not be worth it. I, it's definitely worth it. This is the future we're talking about. They if have you can, spaceships. If you can invent a 
toothpaste that prevents cavities indefinitely? You mean you they, they literally have spaceships? I would trust you. their science compared to the science of the world we have now. Zero out of ten dentists recommend yeah, this toothpaste. Yeah, zero out of ten dentists recommend this toothpaste because yeah. ruin their business. Dirty mouth. Or becomes not a thing anymore. Sorry, pals. <laughs> exacto mundo. So, right. That's um, you can you find this woman, you find the bandit leader, trapped in a cage, and she can't get out on her own. So, but she's the one carrying all the information, okay. like the flash drive with all the shit on it. So you need her. Uh, there's a lot of different dialogue options. You can either just kill her, take it, and do whatever you please with it. You can. Do a couple things for her and have yeah. her pay you handsomely and then well, still kill her and take it. You can do a couple things for her, pay her, have her pay you handsomely and then escort her out and let her whole team free. You could do a couple things for her, take all her money, escort her out and then kill her or, <laughs> you know... You can like give her like as she's at the door. Just, you can like threaten her to give her the to give you the money before even anything happens, or you can do whatever you would like in between finding her. And can you like romance her? No, there's none of that garbage. Ah, can't make fuckies. You can take the flash drive back to the doctor, and then even then you have some more fuckery you can do to the mission. There's a lot of options. You don't even have to give it to him. You can keep it for yourself. Nice. You can lie to him about what happened to it. Because of the nature of the science experiments, like the doctor is kind of an asshole. He doesn't really care about the lives of his crew. He just wants this fucking toothpaste. You can actually kill him or do whatever you'd like to him. A rainily ape. Mm. So that's kind of a lot of the quests in this game, which is a ton of fun because... You know, maybe you're a do-gooder or maybe you're a dick licker and you want to do something funky with your storyline and, and make it fun and be kind of like a villainous character. You can do that. And so, you know, enough with the dialogue. There's there's plenty of that to go around. And if it's a Fallout New Vegas clone, you know you're in for some goodies. My brother um, played this game and he really loved it. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the combat because... I mean, Kumbi. although it's Kumbi. although it's not reinventing the wheel, uh, it's not as fluid combat as Mass Effect or you know games of that nature that focus more on that. It's still really cool combat because it's spacey and lasery and and all that jazz. You get weird funky powers. You know when you came out of cryo sleep because you were pulled out early by Doctor Phineas Wells, you actually have this defect called tactical time dilation and what it is it's your body and mind are still kind of lagging behind your reawakening so you can you can press a button to slow down time it's not vats you still move you don't stop the game which i hated about fallout is you know vats is cool and all but you're literally taking yourself out of the immersion yeah. to point and click which I hated and so it doesn't happen in this game the tactical time dilation you have a very limited amount of time to aim precise shots at certain body parts of your enemies and it will do things based on where you shoot them just like Fallout except still remaining in the immersion 
like a heck of a defect. They yeah. should be pulling everyone out of cryosleep. Yeah, early. they should. They should. <laughs> uh, you shoot them in the legs. You cripple them. Make an army. Yeah. Shoot them in the arms. You maim them, which is you just disarm them. Uh, they'll be down for a little bit. They can't shoot you back. Shoot them in the head. Obviously, you get the bonus crit damage for headshots. Headshots is most likely like the most cliche mechanic ever oh. in any shooter video game ever because it makes sense. Yeah. It's a headshot. Heads are vulnerable. Heads are Brains indeed in vulnerable. That's um, the most important organ, though, isn't it? It's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, brain. if your brain goes, you don't live. I don't know how the human body works. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, headshots, you know, there's those, but they can also blind if it doesn't kill. But we're, these are all humanoid enemies. Every single enemy has their own different set of body parts, you know? You got three dicks on a manticore, you got four on a on a gypsy queen. Apprentices? Okay, nice. I'm yeah, just kidding. <laughs> but So there's alien enemies. One, there are many different types of enemies. There's creatures which i think are cool and unique and one of the reasons why i love creatures in this game so much these space creatures is because in every loading screen most every loading screen i would say about 80 percent of loading screens while they are not long at all so so there's no nothing to, to worry about there. quite short loading screens but they're actually pretty nice to look at i enjoy every loading screen that i'm in because it's a little biological dissection of every alien creature that they put into the game. It shows you, like, weaknesses. So, sort of, kind of, actually, yeah. So the raptodons, it'll, like, it'll show you, you know, the classic scientific image where one half is is fully skin, is, like, full skin, like, what it looks like, and then the other half is its, it's like, organs. Yeah, like the exploded Um, version of the inside of its body. Yeah, like the exploded version of the inside of its body, and it'll tell you what each part is. That is Um, so cool. They actually went through, like, the process of naming every body part and, like, like, explaining somewhat of their function, and then, like, it can actually give you a hint as to, like, how to defeat them. Wow, um, and just like their threat level in the gal in the in this little in the universe system, yeah. which is so. There's the mantises, the raptodons I talked about earlier. There's these worms. There's worms that come out of the ground. There's uh, canids, which are like weird hairy feather dogs that are half chicken, half dog. It's like pretty oh. cool. All these weird funky creatures. They're not unbelievably <laughs> edgy creatures. They're funny and colorful and and cool looking. And they all have, um, they all have so it's more of like in-depth a, descriptions. They do, it's yeah. So fucking cool. There's um, the food is obviously all falky in this galaxy because they eat alien meat. They they mm. they eat the creatures that they live amongst. So there's these things called cysty pigs, and they're pigs with <laughs> disgusting tumors all over their body. Oh, no. But they make this disgusting sandwich that is supposedly delicious called borstwurst. Um, <laughs> ah, right. I've uh, had a liverwurst sandwich. It's probably the same shit. You have to do a mission where you infiltrate like a borstwurst factory and kill their uh, factory chief and like overthrow it. It's funky, but you actually get to see oh, the pigs fuck. and That's so cool. And they do all these little jingles and commercials for like the food in the game. Like you'll walk around a corner and a robot will be playing like a slogan for some dumbass cereal days. called Razzle Dazzle Berry or something. <laughs> and it'll Dazzle Berry made out of yeah. the clitoris of baby mantis pigs. Yeah, and then there's Borst Worst and there's all these slogans like the best Borst Worst in the galaxy and funny shit. Uh, it just feels so old timey, but you remember that you're playing a space game and you're that like fantastic. very intrigued. Interesting. The guns are cool. Uh, they're nothing 
out of this world. Suck my balls. Ah, come uh, on, dude. <laughs> I almost want to leave right now yeah, because that's something uh, you would do. He stole your thing. The guns are everything. Highly modifiable. You can change their elements and their damage types, and you can add attachments or move attachments. There's plenty of different guns. You got laser rifles, laser pistols, revolvers, regular pistols, regular hunting rifles, shotguns, light machine guns, heavy machine guns, flamethrowers, shock cannons, cryo cannons, knives. There's a whole assortment of melee weapons to use. If you want to go melee, you can go melee. If you want to go unarmed, you're fucking retarded. Ah, but that's how I would do it. I'm sure it's challenging. I'm sure I it's challenging. Mentally challenged. Slapping so, people, slapping um, Raptodon. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> you can do a stealth playthrough. You can be a sniper. You can be a pistol whipper. You can do whatever you want. You can literally fight nobody and nothing and just talk your way through the game. I like to whip my pistol. Oh, um, if you if you just like come when you get into a dialogue and can control it however you wish and is specking to all those charisma skills. Ah, go for it, you know? School, man. If that's your thing, you can totally do it. And I think this game, uh, through the leveling process and getting more powerful and feeling like your actual character progression and build is effective and fun, uh, one of the funniest things to me is the more you die and fail and and horribly embarrass yourself, the game kind of pokes fun at you. It'll bring up a screen every so often if you die by something retarded like falling if you die <laughs> if you die from like i don't know stepping in a pool of acid that was quite literally right in front of you uh or just really really dumb ways of dying the game will be like oh he would you like a free perk point it's like <laughs> and then it'll it'll say that you've developed like um a weakness You've developed, you developed like these diseases, oh, and you wow. can either choose to accept or deny them, and it'll be like, oh, uh, aversion to acid puddles, or like, <laughs> you know, really, really dumb no ways of making fun of left you. Behind. And so you can be like, oh, okay, I'll take the pity point, um, and it'll it'll dock a little from your skills, like maybe minus one point in dialogue, minus one in sneak. But it'll give you a free perk point, which you can then spend on permanent passive bonuses okay. to your uh, attributes, which is swanky. Um, the followers also have perk points, and they can support you either passively or in combat. You can control your followers to an extent. Uh, you can command them to go wherever you want. You can command them to attack whatever you want. They also have their own special abilities, which you can press buttons to trigger. One that I find funny and and a lot of fun to use is I have this follower, his name is Felix, and he's a toss ball player, which is, it's it's like intergalactic lacrosse, and the lacrosse sticks are like electrified with plasma and they'll vaporize you. And so he, he fights with whatever ranged weapon you give him, but he has a lot of melee, so I give him a toss ball stick you know, characteristically. And uh, he'll smack stuff up, but when you do his special ability, it's him literally drop-kicking whatever you targeted. So (laughs) it's hilarious. It'll stun it for, like, a couple seconds, and you can wail on it, shoot its crit spots or whatever. But it's it's funny. All the characters are quirky and useful in their own ways. What would you Um, rate the game overall? Overall, 
over under, over upside down and dildo town. I would give this game probably a five out of six tentacles. Okay. Yeah, solid. the the reason it gets five out of six tentacles is because, you know, it's quite literally just a a, a significantly beefed up yes. graphics and content Fallout New Vegas that if you are looking for a game to just put a little bit of time sync into before all these new games uh, in the next couple months come out, i.e. Bio Mutant and other titles, uh, yeah, it's a great game to just put some brainless thought into, if that's even possible. possible. I would like to put my brainless dick in a thought. I'd like to put my brainless dick in Parvati. Oh! What? Who? No. Yes, no I more know. of this garbage. Right. What? Welcome to another ending. I shit my pants. Somebody <laughs> help me. My asshole has been bleeding this entire time. Oh wow, that's wonderful. Jeez. I had a big ass pimple. By big ass pimple, I mean a big ass pimple. <laughs> and it bled this morning while I was wiping my butt. Well, we hope your asshole's bleeding too. Well, I thought... look us up on Spotify. <laughs> Squid fellas. And don't forget, you can support us directly on Anchor with a little monthly subscription if you like our content. 